Welcome everyone to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast that explains how your local team stacks up against the rest of the NBA. Hey Hoopheads, once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads podcast network for even more great basketball content. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks show hosted by me, Devin Zanskis, and brought to you by Hoopheads as always. Today I'm coming at you solo, but we have to cover the Bucks stealing home court advantage from the Boston Celtics recording here a little after 6.30 on May 4th, the day after the Bucks got destroyed by the Boston Celtics in Game 2. It was, say, the closest it was beyond the beginning of this game, which quickly was a Celtic lead that they wouldn't let go of, was uh, maybe about 12 points or so late in this one, but the Celtics would inevitably respond after uh, setting the tone from the jump, especially uh, Jalen Brown, but the Celtics had a lot of help all around. Similar to uh, the help that Giannis had in Game 1, which is where we stole uh, home court advantage, and uh, we won in decisive fashion 101 to 89 in game one. Uh, that was a noon game this past Sunday. And of course, I'll also be covering the final game of the uh, first round against the Bulls, where we won by 16 points. And yeah, the ending we all imagine, considering they were without. Uh, not only Alex, Alex Caruso, who was in the concussion protocol, but also uh, Zach Levine, who uh, was in the health and safety protocols. And this seemed all but inevitable once, you know, the Bucks definitely faced some adversity. Uh, would that have been two weeks ago now? Yeah, it must have been two weeks ago Uh which means that today is technically the day where Chris Middleton's being reevaluated uh, for his MCL sprain, but we don't want to get overly optimistic then. Uh, so a lot to get to here. You might be able to sense some mixed emotions from myself, and definitely checks out considering you know, the taste in my mouth that the Bucks left behind here. Uh, before we jump into the game action, we have a slight bit of uh, Bucks news that just took place. Uh, roughly an hour ago, I got uh, the notification from Woj that the Hornets received permission to interview Charles Lee, Bucks assistant, uh, and also David Vanderpool, who I believe is an assistant with the Brooklyn Nets now. I could be wrong, but two assistants um, who the Hornets will be interviewing. I just heard that uh, Mike D'Antoni is a strong candidate there as well. But yeah, there's much more to focus on. And 
while we're on the topic, though, uh, Sham Sharania reported that the Lakers requested permission to interview Darvin Ham for their head head coaching opening. I didn't know ahead of time that Darvin Ham was actually the assistant for uh, well, one of the assistants at least for the Lakers between 2011 and 2013. Not the best Laker era, to be sure, and. Also, I shouldn't leave out that Marcus Johnson tweeted out that Marcus Johnson was arguing uh, Mark Jones' take on the sideline. I don't even actually have the quote from uh, Mark Jones, uh, to be fair. But uh, Marcus Johnson tweeted out, Sorry, Jones, but the coaching experience is also a huge advantage for the Bucks in Game 1. That's Game 1 here against the Celtics. I think all Mark Jones really, really did was allude to the Bucks stealing game one since we had entered technically as a four-point underdogs, uh, uh, according to Vegas. But Marcus was just saying that uh, it's not totally, shouldn't totally be a surprise that the reigning champs won in game one here. But before we continue to get ahead of ourselves, I will... Get the game two recap over with. Yeah, as this one wasn't pretty at all. A 23 uh, point loss, and that, at least for a lot of the game up until the fourth quarter, that you could argue that it felt like even more than that. Uh, Buck stars in this one, of course, we are still missing Chris Middleton, and Bobby Portis is still filling in. In Chris's absence, there have been there's been a little bit of debate as to uh, if the Bucks will stick with that lineup moving forward. Uh, but the Celtics play pretty big as well as they start uh, Time Lord and Horford together with Tatum at the three. So I don't I don't really see uh, you know a ton of reason to switch up the starting unit, but then again, some changes are certainly due after this game. And uh, what made this game, too, even more disappointing was that Marcus Smart, although he played in game one, he missed game two with a right quad contusion, and he also had a right shoulder stinger, in game two, there is a moment that we'll get to where Smart, uh, upon the conclusion of the play, immediately bent over and and held onto his shoulder as, as he rushed to the locker room. I've never before heard of a shoulder stinger in my life, uh, but to me it sounds a lot less serious than than a lot of uh, a lot of injuries that could have happened, and it was. Apparently the right quad contusion that held Smart uh, out of game two. So Bucks had a lot of uh, reason for optimism going into this next game. But yeah, sometimes that can uh, lead us to failure a little bit there. Otherwise, no other surprises in the starting unit. And Jalen Brown was the single biggest story of this game I would say but it wasn't it wasn't him uh by himself but 
especially in the beginning, it was mostly Brown as he had 10 points in the first uh, six minutes of this game. He also took uh, Grayson Allen's ankles, which uh, Twitter had a lot of fun with. And Bleacher Report put out two separate notifications on it. You know, people would love to dance on Grayson Allen's grave, and he's given them a lot of fuel too. But I'd say there's probably some other Bucks fans similar to myself that is a, is a little defensive uh, towards Grayson, maybe to a fault. Especially the second notification on Grayson Allen I thought was really funny because they were like, they were like, ha ha ha, look at, look at Grayson's reaction to, to being crossed over. And it was just, yeah, Grayson's not the most emotive guy. So it was just him falling on his butt and then just like a very normal, mild reaction, like maybe a sigh from him or he might have smacked his lips or something. And it wasn't anything especially funny at all so that's what led me to believe that it was simply just a second notification to get more clicks because Grayson Allen's demise definitely gets clicks and adding to that Jalen Brown also splashed a deep three in Grayson Allen's face later on but Grayson was not at all he wasn't the biggest downfall for the Bucks. Uh, What was noticeable right away was that the Celtics were playing Giannis a lot more straight up, and they were really successful with that because they have uh, several defenders that can do a fine job on Giannis, at least compared to the rest of the league. Of course, no one will completely shut Giannis down, but he can definitely be slowed down or limited to to a degree, and he was as he started 0-5, and He's, he right away was taking more jumpers than, than you would expect. And the Bucks overall started 1 for 11 and were scoreless until about the 8.5 minute mark in the first quarter. So yeah, real night and day difference to the Boston Celtics defense. As Giannis was looking like Jokic almost, probably a bit of a hyperbole in comparing their passing, but... Yeah, Giannis impressed a lot of people with his passing in Game 1, but he wasn't quite able to do so because um, he wasn't being doubled as much and there weren't as many bucks being left open, so that's why Giannis didn't get as much help in this game. But I remember early on, yeah, Giannis, Giannis went for a drive to the basket, and he was already at least at at kind of the elbow mark on a drive, which for Giannis is already within striking distance of a layup with his length. But but his drive also created a wide-open three for Bobby. And, uh, I mean, one single play when we were probably already down by a lot and it being only in the first quarter isn't, you know, had that one play uh, ended in a Bobby three, I don't know how much that would have changed, but... That just kind of sticks in my head right away because, after all, Giannis took uh, close to, if not half of our first uh, 11 shots in which we made only only one of. And, yeah, I, I mean, we, we definitely did involve other people later on. It wasn't Giannis didn't take half of our shots uh in this game, at least, I don't think it didn't seem like it. 
Uh, but then again, Lockdown Bucks even threw out earlier today that that maybe some of the more efficient offense that the Bucks that the Bucks were getting later on could have been uh, could have had something to do with the Celtics just relaxing a little bit, uh, which would be only natural uh, since they already had uh, an eleven point lead going into the second quarter. It was uh, 20, 21 to thirty two Celtics. Uh, Drew led the Bucks with seven points and three assists, but. Jalen Brown already had 17 points and two rebounds after the first quarter, only a couple buckets away from tying the Bucks by himself. And uh, Bucks also uh, kept turning the ball over early in the uh, second quarter, and the Celtics uh, were capitalizing a bit, but it wasn't. I don't think it was a crazy uh, disparity. Here at all, uh, yeah, it was only six. It was only six to six in fast break points between the the Celtics and Bucks. Uh, but the Bucks did have did have. Well, where was that? Yeah, five more turnovers, sixteen to eleven turnovers overall at the end of this game. Uh, and then. Once we got about to the mid, uh, midway through the second quarter, that was when Giannis uh, uh, started to be used more uh, as a screener, and and that was able to I don't know cre- create some looks for some other Bucks uh, besides him. But what came out of that was also a lot of just uh, you know dribble handoffs. Uh, and then to mid-range jumpers. And I remember one in particular from Javon Carter uh, around the free free throw line, but that's definitely not the kind of look that, that, uh, that would have led to a victory for the Bucks. Uh, and then late in the second quarter, Ime Udoka, uh, challenged a foul call, on Derek White, which was a block, it was a, a blocking call uh, on White against Giannis, and Yudoka challenged that to see if if he could get it flipped over to a charge call on Giannis, uh, but the refs called it called it inconclusive. Uh, uh, Frank Madden did joke earlier uh, today, or at least that's when I was listening to it, perhaps. Uh, It could have been last night after the game, but I think people would have been even less excited to record at that point. Uh, But Frank had a point in that Stan Van Gundy was one of the the broadcasters in this one, and I like Stan Van Gundy. Uh, I know his brother... Uh, JVG is someone who's probably a little more controversial to the general NBA fan. Uh, Stan's probably a little more well-received, but I don't know. NBA fans love to hate in general. Uh, but yeah, Stan, Stan was say, saying that a lot of calls, uh, a lot of plays were charges that, uh, 
that maybe weren't, or even if they were, a charge call is just not uh, necessarily uh, a fun part of basketball to watch. So maybe it's a weird thing for for uh, for Stan to. I don't know, stand for, no pun intended. Uh, but then again, we're Bucks fans and we're biased in uh, in that case. And either way, it didn't make a ton of a difference as the Bucks uh, were already down by 25 at halftime. Bucks only had 40 points to 60 for the Celtics. Uh, Drew led the Bucks with 11 points and 5 assists, and Jalen Brown had... Gotten up to 25 points, two rebounds, and two assists uh, by halftime. Uh, but but as expected, Giannis kept his foot uh, on on the gas and started making some more th- some more threes, uh, more jumpers rather. He he did make one <laughs> one of the three threes in this game. That's right. The Bucks only made. Three threes. I was trying to uh, look up the exact game as mentioned on the broadcast, but uh, the Bucks lost the three-point battle uh, with three made threes compared to the Celtics twenty, and the most, the largest three-point made discrepancy in at least NBA playoff maybe NBA history was 18 threes and it was uh, naturally a Golden State Warrior game. So we were one only one off of tying that, um, which, uh, you know, makes sense if, uh, you know, with, with the apparent Boston Celtic uh, defensive game plan and... Uh, you know, staying home on on the rest of the books, uh, as well as Giannis. Uh, the Bucks did win the paint in the the point in the paint battle uh, by thirty, but still, that's uh, clearly a math problem. If uh, if the Celtics. Uh, beat us by 51 off of threes alone. Uh, Bobby did get called for a flagrant one uh, in the third quarter after he uh, came down uh, on Horford's shoulder. Uh, Definitely not the most egregious flagrant one, but Refs will always go by the letter of the law here and basically any contact above the shoulders at all, which could be, uh, along with a hard foul, is is a flagrant one, but uh, no ejections uh, in this game. This week we did have the one of the many uh, Draymond Green ejections, and people think it might have been soft, but uh, I understand the logic in that Draymond Green's uh, ejection or flagrant to tomato tomato uh, 
you know, was reached because he had a flagrant one for for swiping Brandon Clark in the face and then he had a and then he had a second flagrant one for pulling him down by his jersey. Uh It's funny, no dunks uh, when I was listening today was talking about about how how it's probably more equivalent to a flagrant one and a half than a flagrant two, but there's no such thing unfortunately for for Draymond Green. Uh, there's another review that the refs had in this game, and that was uh, also in the third quarter shortly after where where uh, Grant Williams caught an elbow from Giannis. Uh, Obviously, contact above the shoulder, and it uh, probably did not feel good, even for Grant Williams, who I told several people uh, yesterday that Grant Williams will be my, my workout motivation for the rest of the week. And to be clear, that has nothing to do with... Uh, me suddenly becoming a fan who thinks that they can, that they could fight uh, an NBA player, but it's just super impressive that a guy that the broadcast said was six six. I think he's probably he probably has a couple more inches than that, but uh, even so, six uh, eight might be uh, generous uh, for Grant Williams and Giannis. Uh, has a hard time being able to move him with his uh, lower center of gravity, to be sure, similar to what helps Drew Holiday uh, have a lot of success uh, with his strength against guys uh, at uh, larger positions. But still, we think we think Giannis is a superhuman, and yeah, yeah, seeing seeing anyone bug Giannis is a uh, is still mind blowing to me, and the Celtics have a couple of them. Uh, Al Horford has uh, has uh, gotten gotten some stops on Giannis, to be sure. Uh, some of them could have been fouls, but nothing egregious. Uh, Giannis will still get his free throw calls, regardless. Uh, but there is no flagrant one assessed for the elbow from Giannis uh, against Grant Williams. As you could tell that he was he was just trying to do trying to do his thing where he he pivots and he tries tries to tries to get his arm arms around um, square to the basket as he's pivoting trying to trying to gain position. But yeah, it it can be, it can be tough to. For Giannis to control his length uh, at times, while also, you know, making sure that he secures the ball. Uh, thankfully, the refs made the right call there. As uh, late in the third quarter, the Bucks did go on a 10-0 run, uh, leading to a Yadoka timeout. Uh, and when the Celtics came back out, Jalen Brown uh, shortly asked to come out of the game after holding his hamstring. That's apparently been something that's uh, bugged him. Uh, I, I believe at least in game one. I don't know if there there was any other news about that beforehand. Uh, but, you know, with 
with uh, Marcus Smart suffering at least two injuries last game and missing this one. Chris Middleton being out for um, supposedly the entire series. Uh, I'll hold on to hope that Zach Lowe's reports turn out to be right, that ruling ruling Middleton out for this whole series might be uh, a little bit uh, premature. Uh, yeah. Cautiously optimistic there. Uh, oh, and uh, around this run from the Celtics, uh, Stan Van Gundy also pointed out that, that the Celtics were still getting into the lane, but not necessarily attacking the basket at all, and they seemed to strictly be looking for for uh, three-point shooters. Um, understandable to a degree, given that uh, the Bucks have some of the best, uh, you know, interior defense in the league, but also their game plan of allowing an excessive amount of threes, which is, you know, can lead to frustrating games like this. Uh, but yeah, Celtics shots uh, kind of started to slow down uh, a little bit in the third quarter. You can't call this uh, a third quarter Bucks uh, game uh, necessarily. Uh, but there was an embarrassing play where where Giannis uh, it looked like he kind of just like fumbled the ball he kind of it's really odd Giannis like dropped like lost the ball and it ended up like behind him even though there didn't seem to be a ton of pressure at all uh, perhaps it was just you know at a certain point with Giannis having to do so much to keep it to keep his guys in the game sometimes just silly plays like that will happen uh, uh, largely due uh, to, to fatigue I'd like to think but yeah Giannis had a had a silly turnover uh, late in the third quarter that led to a uh, Jason Tatum uh, dunk to keep the to keep the momentum still uh, with the Celtics and not uh, totally turning towards the Bucks, they'd only brought their deficit down to uh, to 17 going into the third. Uh, Giannis uh, started leading leading the Bucks after uh, a stronger second half with 23 points, six rebounds, and five assists. Uh, Jalen Brown didn't actually didn't score at all in the third, but he had uh, two more assists to add to his total. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Celtics would would add to their lead uh, throughout uh, the fourth quarter, but uh, that wouldn't be until until the very end, as uh, the Bucks showed a bit of a fight there and brought it to maybe twelve. Uh, but that was as close as it got after the first quarter. Uh, 
Yeah, Tatum Tatum got uh got a technical foul for arguing with the refs after he was whistled for an offensive foul uh, against Grayson Allen. He he claimed that that Grayson uh, flopped a bit, and he even uh, he even imitated Grayson Allen uh, flailing his arms and and uh, pretending to fall back, uh, illustrating to the refs uh, what Grayson Allen uh, had gotten away with. He, I mean, he could be, he could be right, but also in the replay, he was, uh, he was fairly aggressive with Grayson, the smaller guy, uh, probably extended his arm a bit to, to gain his separation. So, uh, worst calls were definitely made in this game. Uh, it would continue to be physical, uh, between Grayson Allen and the Celtics as, uh, Grayson Allen got tripped up by Peyton Pritchard uh, as uh, as Grayson Allen was, was navigating a screen. Uh, Peyton Pritchard actually uh, just grabbed uh, grabbed Grayson Allen. Uh, I think the Bucks were actually on offense here, so it would have been uh, Pritchard navigating the screen, and and Pritchard just grabbed. Uh, uh, Grayson Allen's hip and, and made him fall over and Grayson was definitely pissed and had some words for him but it wasn't anything uh, outrageous at all no one had had to get separated uh, but yeah a very very obvious foul and it, it did have me thinking thinking how people would, would react to it if, if the roles had been been reversed but I can leave that there and the Bucks would score uh, three straight uh, Giannis pick and rolls and uh, yeah that was part of what brought the Bucks uh, back in close but then the Celtics went on a run of their own with uh, Tatum and Brown sinking a few uh, tough buckets in short order uh, for an Adel run and a Bud timeout, and then uh, it was garbage time from there. As we we uh, saw a lineup of uh, Luca Vildoza, Rajon Tucker, Jordan Wara, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, and Serge Ibaka against uh, you know against some similarly talented guys on the Celtics and. Um, one of which being, I believe it's Sam Hauser. I could be saying that completely, completely wrong, or just guessing his first name completely wrong. But uh, <laughs> uh, this sounds so disrespectful. Uh, but the Celtics have have a player named. With the last name of Hauser, at least, uh, who's from uh, Stevens Point and went to Spash, so wanted to extend a shout out to them, but they don't need it as the uh, as the Celtics uh, destroyed the Bucks, eighty six to one oh nine. Celt uh, Giannis ended with twenty eight nine and seven. And Brown ended with 35 and 6. 
but we will still be going back to Milwaukee on Saturday. We have a terrible three-day rest, which, and we also have no games uh, tomorrow, thir- uh, Thursday, tomorrow as of recording. And yeah, I I don't I'm not so sure why. Uh, perhaps they have their reasons that I'm unfamiliar with, but uh, in a vacuum, giving 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 teams a single day rest and then three three days rest seems uh, asinine. But maybe that will benefit the Bucks, because. You know, gives gives Bucks more time to game plan. They clearly have have a have more to figure out, and they have more time to do it now. And uh, maybe the Celtics will will be will be overly confident coming into Milwaukee. But huge game three coming up. I'll actually be at the game. It's a two thirty start. I'll be there with a couple buddies, uh, Andy and uh, Freddie. Uh, but I'm. Definitely nervous. Definitely nervous. And I, I actually, I think the last uh, playoff game that I went to, well, I don't even know if this was a playoff game. Now that I'm thinking about it, but I remember going to a Boston Celtics game with uh, the same friend, Andy. Fred wasn't there, unfortunately, but. Uh, I remember seeing a big, uh, big Bucks home win against the Celtics uh, a few seasons ago. This would have been the, uh, you know, Kyrie era uh, Celtics. We would have had Malcolm Brogdon at the time, but I don't know if that was regular season or playoffs. Either way, may the odds be in our favor, and. Uh, Yeah, we'll see if Marcus Smart will be back for that one. I didn't hear anything about about a timetable for him. Uh, but doesn't sound quite as serious as Chris Middleton's injury. I still await that one. And, wow, I went far too long on... Uh, on that game, I <laughs> did not did not expect to subject myself to uh, such agony there, but hopefully, some good analysis came out of it. And now we can go over the the uh, much more positive Bucks game, and that was uh, Game One. Uh, Bucks had their same starters, and the Celtics. Uh, had Smart in there instead of White from Game 2 before uh, Smart got hurt. Uh, I covered some of the talking points. I'll just jump right into the rest. Uh, Drew Holiday sank uh, uh, his first uh, his first two threes, but he but he already collected two fouls after seven minutes seven minutes. Excuse me, and that was really concerning from from the jump because Drew Holiday has to be the absolute 
best Drew Holiday he can be in this series if we want to get through it, uh, especially with uh, Chris's availability up in the air. So I was, I was uh, really upset that Drew already found himself in uh, in some foul trouble. But luckily, if, as as you'd guess from the outcome of this game, we wouldn't see see the last of Drew. Uh, Celtics did go on a 7-0 run, though, later on in the first, leading to a bud timeout. Uh, Jalen Brown also had a uh, huge putback on uh, Giannis, but we uh, we got some good Bobby run later on in the first with a 3, and then a Bobby coast-to-coast uh, right after, and the Bucks led uh, 27-24 to after the first quarter. Giannis had... Uh, Six points, five rebounds, four assists, and Marcus Smart led the Celtics with seven points after the first quarter. Uh, we'd see more Bobby in the second, him draining a mid-range fadeaway over Grant Williams, and he was talking a bit of smack to him. Uh, unfortunately, though, Bobby would uh, have an air ball uh, corner three shortly after. Uh, but even with that one miss, I would have loved to have seen uh, more more Bobby Portis uh, in game two. And I think there is still, I would definitely bet on seeing more from Bobby. We learned from this, we learned from this season that we can, uh, I mean, he's definitely capable of, of having 15 points, 10 rebounds uh, as he averaged it for a lot of this year. Uh, granted without Brooke, but now, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, Bobby Portis has really uh, elevated his reputation more than any anyone else since since coming to the Bucks. But uh, but just just uh, just by the fact that he is like a big man, but uh, you know makes his money by be, being being an offensive threat. Uh, yeah, maybe he is underrated. Uh, and uh, he's going to have to prove why uh, in this series, as he's going to have to fill in uh, for some of that Chris gap. And maybe I've already made this comparison. I probably did. But when when uh, Chris went down uh, against the Bulls, uh, one of the instances that I thought of from uh, from this season was that Nets game. Uh one of the Giannis MVP statements, but uh, in the same Nets game, uh, uh, Chris went down uh, midway through the fourth quarter uh, after a hard foul on Bruce Brown, and we ended up closing the game with Bobby Portis instead of Brooke Lopez, and I think a lot of that had to do, uh, you know, with with the added uh, offensive versatility as as uh, Bobby Portis, uh, even compared to Brooke Lopez, who isn't a slouch, but Brooke also has to be big in this series. We got some big Brooke games last year uh, against the Hawks. Uh, memory serves me right. Brooke definitely had a 25-point game in him in that series, uh, at least once without Giannis, and uh, Chris's shoes are uh, quite big shoes to fill as well. So uh, those, are, those are a couple of the guys that uh, I know... Uh, locked on Bucks, uh, and 
uh, Camille Davis, who is a who is a guest on there. Uh, again, they were talking about talking about guys that that we'll need to uh, rely on uh, a bit more. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I uh, of course I put down in my notes uh, not long into this game that uh, Giannis's passing was unlocking the Bucks supporting cast, uh, leading to an eight-point lead, which was our largest at the time midway through the second. Uh, and uh, a big... Um, well, yeah. Uh, Horford actually led the Celtics in scoring uh, in the first half of game one, uh, by, uh, hitting, uh, three of his first six threes, but that was all a part of the Bucks, uh, defensive game plan that worked out much better, uh, in, uh, much better in game one was, uh, but it's been our defensive focus all year long and, and we'll, Probably not see a lot of change and just hope for regression to the mean, which could prove to be uh, frustrating if the series doesn't end the way we want. But uh, yeah, Bucks are going to keep allowing guys to got keep allowing guys to shoot threes and hope that you know hope that the selection of threes that their opponent uh, shoots uh, leads to their downfall. But Bucks led uh, by ten points, uh, fifty-six to forty-six. Going, uh, well, this is after the first half. Giannis had uh, fourteen points, eight rebounds, seven assists. Uh, Jason Tatum had a couple step-back threes early in the third quarter, uh, but Drew got a steal, which led to a Bobby Midranger. Uh, yeah, of course, Smart was uh, was roughed up quite a bit in this game. Uh, at the time, the broadcast was wondering if it was uh, something to do with his knee, but it was the right quad contusion that we had spoken about. Uh, Time Lord also had to he had to step out for a moment, I believe, because he he got kicked in the nuts by. Giannis. I saw the replay and I think it was actually just Giannis going up for a shot, so clearly not not intentional, not uh again, not a reference to Draymond, not another reference to Draymond Green. Uh yeah. Just uh just a random uh Giannis heel kick as he was extending uh for a layup uh through traffic that unfortunately caught Robert Williams and uh, a lot of people had a laugh because Time Lord revealed that that the Bucks, uh, not the Bucks, the Celtics uh, training staff wanted wanted to wanted to take Time Lord aside and and evaluate him and he uh, barked back at them like saying saying what is what is there to what is there to 
to review like I just got kicked in the nuts I'll be fine my stomach my stomach just hurts and uh luckily that subsided uh Giannis had a really foolish fourth foul in this game that made me nervous uh it was yeah Giannis gambled on uh for his fourth foul and it was from from what would have been deep three-point range with with a Bucks defender comfortably in front of their guy so really awful timing thankfully it didn't uh obviously didn't end up hurting the Bucks too too bad in the end uh Grayson Allen though would be fouled uh uh shooting a three but Ime Udoka would challenge that uh, successfully. I thought that was a bit questionable because it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like Grayson had had k- kicked his legs out uh, abnormally at all. Uh, like Chris definitely takes a takes a big jump forward whenever he shoots, but uh, Grayson's was definitely a lot less exaggerated. So. Yeah, has to be a bit more excessive perimeter defense to foul Grayson there, but uh, the refs disagree. Uh, Pat got a putback, but then he was also whistled for for a BS fourth foul of his own uh, late in the third. Uh, and this and this was just going up for a Jason Tatum rebound. I know the No Dunks crew. Um, they were talking about how it seems like there are a lot more foul calls, uh, against guys just for jostling for rebounds. But if anything, that's a situation, uh, unlike many others where it's, where it's a 50, 50 ball. So, so guys should be able to, to, uh, to bump into guys and whatnot, uh, Luckily, though, Jason Tatum did miss one of his free throws from from that uh, from that pop, pat foul, so it wasn't wasn't the worst. Uh, and after three quarters, the Bucks still led, uh, seventy-eight to seventy. Giannis had seventeen points, nine rebounds, nine assists uh, through three quarters, and Tatum had eighteen points, five rebounds, four assists. Uh, I noted early on that it was a really physical game, and clearly by by the stats I just listed, no star was having was having an amazing game by any means. Uh, we got a Javon mid ranger followed by a Drew Holiday steal and a transition three. Then uh, Jalen Brown would respond with a three of his own. Uh, but then uh, Tatum would be whistled for a reach on Wesley Matthews, and I think this was the play where Wes had... uh, Wes must have stripped Tatum, and the two of them ended up on the ground, and I think Tatum had grabbed Wes's arm to try try to gain back possession of the ball, and clearly that was illegal. Then we got the Giannis... uh, 
uh, pass to himself off the backboard for a jam. That was the signature uh, play of the game. Then Giannis would uh, would also draw a charge on on uh, Jalen Brown shortly after, but then turn it over. Uh, Brown would would later sink a corner three, and and Drew would foul Brown. Uh, and Celtics still uh, stayed physical themselves, especially with Giannis. Uh, Tatum, though, would would get whistled for a foul against Drew Holiday, and Drew would hit both free throws. Uh, then we'd see a Jalen Brown turnover, uh, leading to a a uh, Giannis putback, which then called for for some garbage time. Uh, this time as a uh, as a as a white flag from the Boston Celtics and uh, Drew Holiday uh, led the Bucks in the end with 25 points, nine rebounds, five assists. Tatum ended with 21 points, six rebounds, six assists, and Giannis had uh, his second career playoff triple double with 24 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, and that is how we we uh, got to to our our lead for the show with the Bucks. Still coming out of these past two games, despite uh, yesterday's terrible action, uh, you know, taking home court advantage, uh, you know, all things considered, not having not having Chris Middleton, Boston Cel- the Boston Celtics uh, becoming a, a clear uh, championship contender. In many people's eyes, uh, slowly but surely, since they they turned it on, uh, turned it on late. Uh, coming out of Boston, two zero. Uh, I, I think I think a lot of people. I think most people going into this series um, would not have necessarily picked the Bucks. Uh, Splitting the first two games in Boston, so yeah, uh, losing by uh, losing by twenty three, especially coming off of a win, uh, isn't what we had pictured. But no matter how much you lose by, it still just counts as one loss, and. Uh, now the Bucks have uh, three more, uh, yeah, three more home games throughout uh, these next uh, five possible games, and uh, yeah, maybe there'll only be three more games left. But I'll knock on wood as to not get too ahead of myself. I'll try to quickly go through that last Bulls game and uh, hopefully that'll be 
uh, more fun to talk about, but yeah, it'll it'll be a challenge definitely for Bucks fans uh, compared to other points of this year. Uh, getting getting through these next three days without any any Bucks action with uh, yeah yesterday's destruction being our most recent uh, Bucks action, but. On a lighter note, Bucks won 116 to 100 in Game Five to secure uh, first round victory uh, over the Bulls. Uh, as discussed, they were without Zach Levine and Alex Caruso. Not to mention Lonzo Ball, which shouldn't be forgotten. He he has a serious knee injury. I don't know the exact. Uh, diagnosis but I don't think he's played since January and that shouldn't be forgotten at all uh, but uh, the Bucks had the same starters in this game and uh, Io DeSumo and Javante Green had filled in for uh, Alex Caruso and Zach Levine on the opening play of this of this game, Giannis had a uh, putback dunk, and he caught a lob from Drew Holiday later. Uh, Bucks started actually one of seven in this game, but then they made their next nine field goal attempts, uh, putting together a 10-0 run. And after the first quarter, Bucks led 34 to 18. Giannis had 15 points and six rebounds uh, to Patrick Williams' eight points. Trey Kirby, a Bulls fan on no dunks. A uh, huge fan of him, but he... Uh, <laughs> I know he had attended... I think it was... It was. I think it could have been two of these playoff games, at least one. And he had joked that he, that he knew the game was over just after that first uh, put-back dunk on the opening play. Uh, I think that's just him having having a good sense of humor uh, through it all, but I'd like to hear that as a Bucks fan. Uh, Giannis made his first six field goal attempts in this game, and the Bucks went on a 15-0 run uh, in the second quarter, extending the lead to 29, but then the Bulls ripped off a 9-0 run of their own. Uh, not the best to see the Bucks playing with their food, uh, seemingly in the second quarter with a with a massive lead, but wasn't all too concerned either. The Bucks led the point in the paint battle with uh, three minutes to go in the first half. Uh, they had 32 points in the paint to only 12 for the Bulls, um, with uh, not much time left in the second quarter and Bucks led 60 to 42. Giannis had 23.6 rebounds, two assists, and Patrick Williams had 12 points. Then in the third, the Bucks had a 13 to 2 run over a two and a half minute stretch. We'd see back-to-back threes from Pat and I guess Something that wasn't necessarily a bright spot was Drew Holiday starting 3 at 10 from the field. Um, but uh, he made lemon 
he made lemonade out of lemons. That's what people say. Sure. By uh by still contributing with seven assists to that point. Uh Bucks also made six of their first ten uh three point attempts in the third quarter, uh behind a strong bench effort. Pat of course contributing to that earlier on. And the Bucks uh finished the the first three periods with uh a 91 to 68 lead. Giannis already had 30, 32 points, nine rebounds, two assists, and Patrick Williams had 15 points. Uh, Vuce would strip Giannis on a drive, and then he'd be rewarded for a Duncan transition. Uh, then Bobby would uh, uh, broadcast pointed out that he already had 14 points and 17 rebounds uh, with four minutes. Uh, remaining in this game. This was a great series for Bobby, especially uh, with us uh, having to lean on him uh, for the next round. Uh, Bobby can... uh, He he was definitely able to feast on the the Bulls' smaller lineups in in this series, but they didn't necessarily have have the defense either to try to exploit um, Bobby to the degree that, uh, you know, Bobby can often be exploited. Uh, but compared to, our, compared to uh, our other starters, I think the Celtics fans have reason to be less afraid uh of Bobby and uh yeah it'll be up to Bobby uh further on in this Celtics series uh to show uh who he's been for us for these past two se- two seasons and that uh you can't take advantage of him but yeah compared to others in our starting lineup, I know our opponent, our opponents will uh, be more likely to bet against Bobby. Unfortunately, uh, Javon uh, caught an caught an interception and then converted on a layup due to a Patrick Williams goaltend later in the third quarter, and then uh, and then we saw our. Luca Vildoza, Rajon Tucker, Jordan Nawara, and the nasty action, and we even got a Serge Ibaka uh, wedgie as a as a cherry on top. Uh, uh, in addition to our couple other no dunk shoutouts that I had in this game, and the Bucks Bucks won one sixteen to hundred. Giannis with thirty three points, nine rebounds, three assists, and Patrick Williams uh, was leading score throughout this game for the Bulls. Uh, with uh, 23 points. So, yeah, Bulls were the team that a lot of, that a lot of people wanted to play. I feel like I've I've repeated that at nauseum, perhaps, but respect to the Bulls for having. Uh, they already had a successful season, and uh, halfway through this year, uh, had exceeded their expectations uh by a mile early on and then and then 
you know, regressed to the mean a bit, and mostly just because of uh, of, inj- of injuries. They would have been a lot more of a formidable opponent, uh, you know, had they had a few more more guys, uh, especially at the end here. But yeah, Bucks still have a long way to go, but. You know, if if we <laughs> if if we just consider consider our uh, the record in the series, you know, in the win, wins and loss column, uh, I'd say we we've already you know we've already proven a lot of people wrong, uh, just like we did all last year in the playoffs. So uh, we shouldn't be lacking for confidence at all. And at the end, I still have hope that we that we could see uh, Chris Middleton in the end. But best case scenario is that we don't have to rush him back because we're playing so well in these next few games. And uh, knock on wood, but I look forward to uh, covering that for everybody listening. Uh, especially look forward to this weekend with. Uh, seeing, seeing the playoff action in person for the first time uh, in a very long time if I can uh, if I can try and try and look back and figure out for sure exactly when the last playoff game I went to was but uh, I hope to witness some history uh, Saturday and I'm uh, scheduled to see to see a lot of friends this weekend so certainly looking forward to it and uh I'll tell you guys some stories next week. Until then, I'll see you in another life, brother. Thank you for tuning in to Nuck If You Buck, the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We hope you join us again soon. See you in another life, brother.